Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game in Consumer Industries, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in a digital world, to run, grow, connect, and transform, to engage customers and patients across their journey. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Yes, indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the game changers, you're in the right place. That's because this is where the best run. We always say it, and we mean it, and it's true. Let's see what the buzz on the street is today. I have a quote from Fortna.com. Listen up. It's just a couple of words, but it's what we're talking about today. Technology is permeating and disrupting every aspect of distribution today. Okay, so what are we talking about? Here's a reality check for wholesale distributors. You know who you are. If you're not in that industry, this is interesting, so stay tuned. Winning and retaining customers today for WD wholesale distributors is highly competitive. If you don't know that, open your eyes and listen up. So how are the industry leaders staying relevant? How are they leapfrogging, that's a great picture word, over their competitors? Well, a couple of things. Number one, they're savvy about the digital world. Number two, they're developing innovative business models. They're using their vast trove, some people call it a treasure trove of data, they're simplifying and improving the way they work, and they are enabling their employees to help grow the business. That is a multi-pronged, multi-faceted approach to thriving and growing in a competitive world. We have three experts on the panel today. I'm very happy to have them. They're busy people, but they are taking time out to share their insights and their expertise with us. Let me briefly tell you who they are, and then we will introduce them with their inspirational opening quotes. In just a moment, I'll be introducing you to Mark Dancer. His name is spelled just like like it sounds, D-A-N-C-E-R, founder of the Network for Channel Innovation, and we'll find out in a little while what he does and what his organization does. Joining him, another newcomer, they're all newcomers, Guy Blissett. He is the client relationship executive at Deloitte, and a shout out to Carla Neal and all of our good friends at Deloitte. Thank you for sending so many interesting people to Game Changers all year long. And our third panelist is Paul Pretko. He's a North America industry advisor for wholesale distribution at SAP America Inc. So welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for joining me. Let's go around the table to Mark Dancer. And Mark has sent us a very interesting quote from Ronald Reagan. I forgot that his middle name was Wilson, Mark. I may never have known it. 1911 to 2004, American politician and an actor who served as the 40th president of the U.S. from 1981 to 1989. Interesting, he was the first president since Dwight D. Eisenhower to serve two full terms after a succession of five prior presidents who did not. Here's the quote. There are no great limits to growth because there are no limits of human intelligence, imagination, and wonder. No, I wasn't crying. I was just choking up here. Mark Dancer, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? Oh, very happy. Happy to be here. Thank you. We're delighted to have you. Talk to me about the quote. I don't think we've had a Ronald Reagan quote in a long, long time. How did you find this one and and relate it to our topic today, please? Well, I found it by doing a search online about uh, the mindset and uh, attributes that leaders have when they're driving innovation, and this popped up. For me, it was was extremely relevant for distributors because distributors are – thinly funded, tight cash uh, flow businesses, 
uh, and they run their business that way. And I think that uh, Ronald Reagan is a game changer, was a game changer. And I think that distributors can approach their business, if they can approach their business with imagination and wonder and leverage their smarts, then they have a chance to succeed. Very interesting. Mark, I'm intrigued with the concept of imagination and wonder. We're living in a digital world. We're living in a world where tech tools are just rushing around us, waiting for the taking if a company understands what they can do with them, has a business case, has the funds for investment, has the people to be trained. It's all wonderful. Imagination and wonder, I don't think of that in terms of when I think of wholesale distribution. Help me out with this a little bit more. How do we relate that to business? imagination and wonder what are they supposed to do well i think i think you're right i mean wholesale distributors have been in business for many years they're often family owned still not all but many uh, they think about the founders value uh, what was how the business created generations ago and that's the leadership mindset uh, they're not really entrepreneurs there are very few distributors who people who went to business and as an entrepreneur and started a distributorship they're more stewards. They're more about protecting the business and making competitive, tough businessmen. So I like this, this quote because it's bold, because it says that distributor leaders and their employees and their teams, as they think about their business, if they can judge themselves and say, hey, I'm thinking about the possibilities that digital technologies open up and what it can do to help me survive and uh, prosper. And if they think about that, if they kind of are self-aware, can judge themselves and maybe ask their customers and their suppliers how they're talking about the future of distribution. And if words like or that are representative of your imaginative or mm-hmm. you have a real sense of wonder and opportunity, I think it's, it's an important leadership kind of self-diagnostic almost. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you for appreciating my question. Uh, We often, Mark, we often talk about, well, we talk about tech all the time and business strategy here on Game Changers, but I like to introduce the concept of the human side, the people, not just when we're talking about chatbots and robots and AI and machine learning, but there is a people side to every business. And I love that you have the quote with the words imagination and wonder because you introduced the human part of it. And I thank you for that. Thanks for setting up our topic so beautifully, Mark Dancer. We have a lot more to hear from you in a little while. And now I'm going to move a little bit around the table to Guy Blissett at Deloitte. And Guy has sent us a quote from Sir Winston Churchill, but not just any quote. This is a quote from the Lord Mayor's Luncheon at Mansion House, November 10th, 1942, in response to the Allied victory at the Second Battle of El Alamein. And anybody who doesn't know who Churchill was, Sir Winston Leonard Spencer Dash Churchill, they had hyphenations, was a British politician, army officer, and writer, prime minister of the UK from 1940 to 45, and again 51 to 55, and he led Britain to victory in World War II. And there is a very interesting movie I saw a few months ago called The Darkest Hour. It's a questionably flattering or unflattering portrait of Winston Churchill, but certainly an interesting portrait. So here is the quote Guy has selected from Churchill. Churchill, quote, now this is not the end. It is not even the beginning of the end, but it is perhaps the end of the beginning. Guy Blissett, welcome to Game Changers. How are you, Guy? I'm doing well. Thanks, Bonnie. 
Thanks for joining us. I like the quote. I like it a lot. And by the way, it was stated in when I looked it up that he didn't really have good news for the British people. So he just positioned this. It says here, without having much sustenance or good news to offer the British people, he took a political risk in deliberately choosing to emphasize the dangers instead. So this was a very loaded statement. So help us relate this to our topic of wholesale distribution and being competitive. Guy, go ahead. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, it, it, you know, I think it, on the face of it, it probably seems like a bit of a stretch. But I, I think about, you know, the topic of digital and disruption um, and the inflection point that we see in wholesale distribution. And, you know, to Mark's point, a lot of a lot of distributors are more stewards of their business and relatively risk averse. And it feels like, you know, it, for, for many of them, I think it feels like the ground is moving underneath them and they don't quite know why or how or what to do about it, and the, the, the future seems very uncertain. Um, this is a, a topic that's been uh, talked about quite a bit in wholesale distribution, is this notion of uncertainty, whether it's as a consequence of economic uncertainty or all of the, the technolo- technological change that's happening. And I, I reflect back on, on what was going, you know, not that I was there, but I've, I've read a tremendous amount on this topic, and you know, my wife will bemoan the fact that I keep buying books on the same topic topic over mm-hmm. and over again. But I just find it fascinating how people, during that period of time, kept hope, kept faith, remained optimistic, and and found a way to get things done, whether it was down at the individual level at, or at a um, country level, to to navigate through, you know, a, a tremendously disruptive time, but obviously a very different type of disruption. And I just think there's lessons there for, for distributors and distributor executives to, to channel into their business. Uh, some of it is about having hope and being mm-hmm. optimistic. Um, it's about being determined. It's about, ha- being having, it's about having good leadership. It's about good communication and, and finding a way. So I, I just, it, it may seem like a bit of a stretch, but it really resonates for me that here we are going through this period of digital disruption. Um, and I think the, the, the future is, is very bright for distributors as they, as they leverage this. And I think we've gone through the, the beginning, or we're, we're at the end of the beginning as it relates to digital disruption. And, and now we have the fun part um, where we move to the next phase. Thank you, Guy. I don't think it's a stretch at all. I really don't. Uh, the end of the beginning, if it's time for a new era, if it's time to embrace digital, if it's time to say, well, we've always done it this way before, and that phase is over, that part of, I don't know if we're on the fourth or fifth or maybe the sixth industrial revolution, I think it's a very apt quote, so I'm very pleased you brought it to us. But I have a quick question for you. Paul's waiting patiently. But, Guy, what are your thoughts about the inclusion of the words imagination and wonder in the Reagan quote that Mark Dancer brought? us. Any thoughts on how that applies to people in wholesale distribution industry? Yeah, no, I, I love it. I think Mark is spot on there. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love the choice of words um, specifically. Uh, we, we talk a great deal about the, the topic of innovation and sometimes get very clinical about what innovation is and, and have a, having a framework and a process and an organization and structure and a funding model that goes along with innovation. But you know, in, in order for distributors to um, navigate the disruption, they, they need to bring a little bit more imagination and wonder as to the art of the possible and, and where this can go, where they can take their businesses. Um, they need all those other things, but, oh, 
some some imagination, some wonders, some optimism. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all go together. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Paul Pretko has been waiting so patiently, Paul. Paul has sent us a quote from Seneca. Seneca is a Roman philosopher. He actually is Seneca the Younger, lived circa, I guess they didn't have formal birth certificates back then, but somebody knew him, 4 BC to AD 65. His full name is Lucius Aeneas Seneca, also known simply as Seneca. Roman Stoic philosopher, statesman, dramatist, and in one work, the satirist of the Silver Age of Latin. Latin literature. Oh my. He apparently had a very calm suicide and known for his stoicism. So interesting that he is the subject of many paintings about that event. And here is the quote from Seneca that Paul Pretko has selected. Luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. Welcome, Paul. How are you today? Oh, good morning. Thanks for having me. Delighted. I love the quote. We've introduced the concept of imagination and wonder. Now we're talking about luck in a very competitive, very fast-paced, very digital and digitalized world. So talk to me about the quote. Let's relate it to our topic, please. Yeah, I relate it not only to my personal life, but also to business life. And that is that success, I believe, does not happen by chance, right? That it, it requires preparation for opportunities, opportunities that may not be solidified yet. So when it comes to distributors, as you mentioned in your opening, evolving with new business models and simplifying processes and enabling better work, I, I think there's a, a preparation required to meet the strategies of, of leadership teams within executives. Um, the executive teams within wholesale. You know, I use this uh, acronym, MIB, and I may be dating myself here, but MIB is, is not men in black, if you remember that film. Yes. <laughs> MIB is multi-industry business, right? And we're, we, we opened the, the broadcast today with the word evolution, and, you know, distributors are now moving into um, process manufacturing, they're doing finance, they're doing retailing, they're providing new value-added services, and all these opportunities that uh, distributors are looking at to grow their business, right? Protect Mm -hmm. the core, but build for the future. None of it happens by chance. The generations of success that Mark talked about, right, this multi-generational, mostly privately held, family-run business, their success and passing the business down onto their family does not happen by chance. That there's a huge amount of preparation required to keep the business going. And and, um, I think that the word digital is certainly part of that preparation to leverage technology to fuel the future growth of the business. Very interesting. Thank you. I I like the luck. I like the the growing for the future. Interesting. Is the future here right now? We hear that very often, Paul. Is the future here now? If I, I often on these shows say, if somebody is hiding under a rock and they aren't aware of everything that's happening, is there anybody in wholesale distribution to say, well, we've always done it this way and we're just going to keep doing it because we've had modest success and the heck with these people with this newfangled digital stuff. They're just going to go off into the sunset somewhere. We'll be left here with our core. Is that happening anywhere? 
You know, but I love the term you just used, hiding, right? Okay. Um, this industry is hiding. You know, very few undergrads come out of school and say, the first place I'm going to look for a job is with a distributor. The whole industry is hiding. It's somewhat invisible, right? And, but the reality is it's growing, it's interesting, it's evolving. You know, the facts are that over the last dozen years, the industry has grown from $3.2 trillion to $5.3 trillion. Mm. I mean, if you, as you're landing on a plane and you look out the window upon approach, you see so many distribution centers, so many new massive um, warehouses being built. You don't see a lot of factories. And the mm-hmm. fact is that this hiding industry employs about one out of every 25 Americans. Really? However, the industry is shrinking in terms of distributors through acquisition. So we've gone from somewhere in the neighborhood of 270,000 distributors across North America to less than 230 in the last 12 years. So the industry's consolidating, it's getting more efficient, and I think, at least for me, I think it's an exciting, an exciting industry, and that technology really is um, at a place that can, can put this industry in a spotlight, right? Very interesting. I heard you use another word we don't normally hear in relation to something like wholesale distribution. You said exciting, and there you go. So we have imagination, we have wonder, we have exciting, we have don't leave it to chance, and we also have it may be the end of the beginning. I like everything you've all said. Do you agree briefly, Paul, with imagination and wonder along with excitement? You know, I certainly do. As I uh, tour the country meeting with customers and prospects, Uh, What I often hear around top imperatives uh, has a sense of wonder and excitement to it, right? That they're, distributors are trying to digitally transform to get current, right? They, They want enablement that is comprehensive, connected, uh, contemporary, right? And I think that Now, each distributor, when they talk about the vision of the future, it's about enabling mission-critical business systems, things like improving their e-commerce platform, taking full advantage of uh, human, human capital management technology, things that, quite frankly, even three years ago weren't being talked about. Uh, so I think distributors have are catching up, catching up to their suppliers, their vendors, in the adoption of uh, technology to make their industry exciting. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. And now we're going to go around the table and get to know each of you a little bit better. I have three questions for my three esteemed panelists. Mark Dancer, three questions. Number one, where in the world are you today? We just need a city or a state or a country. That would be fine. Number two, what's your favorite drink in the whole wide world? And the reason I ask that is because 
all of the Game Changers radio shows. I have 40 series now that I produce and create, and all of them go back to the, I'll call it the mom and pop of Game Changers, which is Coffee Break with Game Changers. So we don't necessarily want to know what your favorite coffee is, but what's the drink that powers you to do what you do to make the decisions you make and to be as active in, in your industry and your company as possible? That's number two. And number three question, what is your company all about and what do you do as the founder? What's the concept? Mark Dancer, it's all yours. I am in uh, Chicago, Illinois, attending two innovation conferences. Uh, one is very much uh, B2B and distribution-centric. The other is very broad and global and all types of organizations, businesses and educational institutions, uh, picking up ideas for distributors. My favorite uh, drink is Distillery 291. That's a craft or artisanal uh, maker of whiskey in my hometown of Colorado Springs. Um, I like Distillery 291, one, because I, I like whiskey, but also it was founded by a gentleman who was a fashion photographer who lived in New York City and left the city after 9-11 and moved to Colorado and created uh, whiskeys, reinvented his life, reinvented his business, and created whiskeys that win competitions on the uh, at global competitions. So love that. It's inspirational for my work. And Mark, again, I have to tell you, um, I'm looking at their, their listing here. I Googled it, and it says 291 Distillery. Ride it like you stole it. Drink it like you own it. Is that the... <laughs> I love it. I love it. You can go to business. It's very accessible. You walk in the front door, and you're immediately in the business, right? So I love it. I love it. I love it. From photography to distilling, the whiskey journey. It's a small batch distillery making whiskey and liqueur nestled in the stunning foothills of the Rocky Mountains located in Colorado. It's bourbon American whiskey. Thank you. Very. That's a new one for us. After about 1,500 shows, it's hard to surprise me, but you certainly did. So now tell us a little bit about your company, Mark. What do you do? So I've shifted my practice from doing uh, consulting around channels and helping companies grow to focusing on channel innovation, right? And, you know, if you're a manufacturer, there's a wealth of knowledge and best practices on how to do product innovation, whether you make screws or jet aircraft engines, right? But if you're a channel, a distributor, right, a channel, there's nothing there, Right. Distributors change all the time, as do other channels, but it's more about being buffeted by market forces and disruption. And I think that there is a need to develop kind of the theory and practice of channel innovation so that distributors can be more proactive. So my business is about developing that theory and practice and about giving awareness and advocacy for the value that channels and distributors provide to our our uh, country. You know, I think of retail channels as the businesses that help us live our lives. And I think of distributors as the businesses that help us do our work. And I think that message needs to get out there. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to meet you. And, and I appreciate your passion for what you do, Mark. I appreciate it. Is there a history to your last name, Dancer? Does it come from somewhere or a, a, a tribe somewhere that was dancing? Is there a history you, you could share with us briefly? Oh, we've, we've traced the name back to, uh, to Britain or whatever it was called centuries ago. And I think it is what it means. At some point, some ancestor was a dancer. And uh, I can't, 
dance, so don't ask me, is what I say. (laughs) I am a dancer, so that's why I was curious. Thank you very much. That's not what I call myself, but I am a dancer. Thank you so much. Nice to meet you. Guy Blissett at Deloitte. Guy, same three questions. Where in the world are you today? What's your favorite drink that powers you and gives you that energy to pick great quotes like Winston Churchill's from 1942? And what is your role at Deloitte? Guy, you're up. So today finds me, uh, you know, a long way away from Mark, but, um, you know, wh- where Mark is, is, is he feels like my second home um, in terms of being in Chicago. So working in the wholesale distribution industry, as I do, um, I spend a great deal of time on a plane and a great deal of time in, in the Midwest, in, the, in particular in the Chicago area. But today finds me on Long Island in New York, which is, is my real home. Um, which is is nice. Uh, allows me to do some things with uh, with my kids, um, and also get a lot of work done um, rather than run through airports. Um, and just kind of piggybacking on that on that thought. Um, I, actually, my fa- I have many many obviously drinks that that I enjoy. Uh, many that provide me you know, a caffeine boost or. Um, some other attribute that, that I enjoy, but I think you know, I was reflecting on this. The drink that I actually enjoy most is just a nice like, cold glass of water from the, from the tap at home. Um, very refreshing um, and lets me know that, that I am at home. So as a, as a road warrior, sometimes mm-hmm. just a nice tall cold glass of water from the tap in your, in your kitchen um, is very comforting and you know, gives you some uh, a grounding, um, and allows you to uh, to do what you need to do. Well put. And what do you do at Deloitte? What's your role? So I, you know, I, I've been with Deloitte for about four and a half years, and I've been focused on wholesale distribution now for about I'm, I'm losing losing track, but I, I think it's about ten or twelve years, somewhere in there. Um, in, in my current role, I am primary point of contact for a large number of, or a, a select number of, of distributed customers of Deloitte. And in that role, um, I listen, um, I connect, and bring solutions to the challenges that the distributors face, solutions and ideas. So we, you know, at Deloitte, we have many things in our portfolio um, we can help the companies across a range of industries, and in particular distribution, with those those challenges and opportunities. Um, but sometimes it's not just a, a solution or something that we can solve; it's ideas and provocations. And so I love to engage with, with the distributor executives about the challenges that they face, the things that their customers are asking for that they're not they're not able to deliver, uh, the opportunities that are available to them, and. Uh, thinking about how those issues and opportunities will play out over the next five, ten years. Thank you very much. I have a little story to tell you when we get around to what I'm drinking, so stay tuned for that. Thank you, Guy. Pleasure to meet you, and a shout-out to our good friend at Deloitte, Carla Neal, who sends us more than 20, 30 sometimes Deloitte people to speak on our Game Changer shows over the course of the year. So nice to meet you and Paul Pretko. We are wondering where you are. We're wondering what your favorite drink is. It makes you smile and sound so good on the radio. And what do you do in wholesale distribution at SAP America? Go ahead. 
Well, today finds me at my home office in Baltimore. I got in late last night where I spent uh, Monday through Wednesday in Binghamton, New York, but home today, Mm -hmm. getting caught up. And in keeping with the Colorado beverage theme, Mark, my favorite beverage is actually a a Colorado beer called Barman. Barman beer from Coors. Barman is the city um, in Persia, I think, where Adolf Coors is from. Anyway, it's a specialty beer. It can only be obtained in Golden, Colorado at a couple of places. And I think what I like about it most is it is a 12-minute pour, which means that you order a Barman, and then you can drink a regular Coors while you're waiting for the Barman. Very interesting. Uh, By the way, I'm on their website. I have to tell you, and the the title of this West Word, it's a westword.com, Coors Rare Barman Pills, Pilsner, has a slow but steady presence in Colorado. Adolf Herman Joseph Coors, who founded Coors in Golden in 1873, was born in 1847 in the town of Barmen, M-E-N, in what is now northwestern Germany. 20 years ago, when his great-grandson Pete decided to make a specialty Pilsner designed to be poured slowly, very slowly. In the traditional German style, he named it after the family patriarch's appropriately named hometown. The first batch was brewed on November 12, 1997 in the small test brewery that now serves as the home of A.C. Golden. Just wanted to give that a little bit of color there, Paul. Thank you for letting me chime in and go ahead, tell us what you do. The beer looks great, by the way. Yeah, you know, it's been my privilege to work at SAP for the last 18 years, leading our practice with wholesale distribution accounts. And although my role seems very um, complex and comprehensive, it really boils down to the simple thing, that I give guidance and counsel to distributors on how they may leverage technology to enable operational excellence and ultimately grow profitably. So I, uh, I enjoy what I do, obviously, or I wouldn't have been at it so long, and I'm privileged and blessed to work for a wonderful company. There you go. I feel the same way. SAP lets me host radio and speak to fascinating people like the three of you. By the way, heads up, panelists, we're not taking a break. We're having too much fun and too good. But I have to tell Guy, Guy, I just moved to Durham, North Carolina one year ago from um, Great Great Neck, yeah. Long Island. So I'm a Long Islander, and I was born in Douglaston and moved across the Queens line into Nassau County after living around the country for 20 years in between. Uh, shall I ask you what town you live in? Just tell me Nassau or Suffolk. It's uh, Suffolk County, and that, that is a well-worn trail, Bonnie, between Long Island and North Carolina and, and, and further south. So um, kudos to you, and Dur- <laughs> Durham is a wonderful place. I spent two years going to the business school down there. Um, oh, Interesting. Yeah, nice. Interesting. Well, thank you. And by the way, uh, we have Florida weather, and it's raining again here. There's water on on all the windows. Uh, But we have had what I call Florida weather during the summer. It will be a beautiful blue sky, not a cloud to be seen anywhere. And then suddenly it will darken middle of the day, and you will hear a little thunder in the distance. And then, boom, you get a rainstorm. It comes like a bat out of you-know-what, maybe 20 minutes, and then 
About 10 minutes after the sky is blue again without a cloud, the sun is shining and it's 95 degrees. I call that Florida weather. So I have lost a lot of plants in my garden here. I planted a beautiful garden, hired a landscaper, and I lost a lot of plants because the heat was in impenetrable this summer so I may have to rethink the landscaping but gentlemen I will tell you something you don't know about me that will probably not surprise you they and that's the corporate they they're kind of an ephemeral they hovering over me do not allow me anywhere near caffeine on radio show days and I think you know why I just get high on doing radio so I am only drinking cool clear water in a cool clear mug a guy that I brought with me from New York and I have a green straw because everything is very green from all the rain here and we did miss the brunt of hurricane flow we prepared we hunkered down but we didn't get anything except last monday we had tornado watches over downtown durham they were tracking them on the weather map on tv with a yellow marker block by block by it's over roxborough street it's over Deepak. it's so it was very interesting we did not get hit but there was a run on bottled water and backup drives i got to tell you three days before the storm was even near us so i've learned how north carolinans think so you know what? We're not taking our break. If you're just tuning in, we're having a very interesting conversation here. This is Changing the Game in Consumer Industries Radio. And our topic is a very important one. Whether you're in the wholesale distribution industry or not, we're talking about staying competitive in wholesale distribution, you in the value chain. We've already heard from our panelists, Mark Dancer, Guy Blissett, and Paul Pretko, some interesting quotes from Ronald Reagan, from Sir Winston Churchill, and from Seneca, the Roman philosopher. We've introduced interesting terms like imagination and wonder, that this is the end of the beginning, and that luck, eh, not so much. You can't leave anything to chance if you're trying to survive and thrive in in wholesale distribution. So now, Mark, since we don't have a break, because I'm telling you we don't have time for a break, I'm going to look at your statements here, and I'm going to pick one that I think will be interesting here. Mark, let's go with your first one. Let me read a little bit, and then you can explain it for about two minutes tops, then we will invite Guy and Paul to chime in, and then I'll pick a statement from the list from Guy and then one from Paul. So roundtable starts now. Mark Dancer told me the following. The manufacturer-distributor partnership is in peril. Suppliers want distributors to modernize but are ambivalent about distributors' survival. I think that's a provocative statement. Mark, can you tell us more, please? Yeah, absolutely. I had a, a conversation uh, with a manufacturer recently, and the, the gentleman's job title was something like VP Channel Development. And this person's job was to work with their distributors to help them adopt digital technologies and uh, advance their businesses and become better partners. It was a senior person. It was his entire focus, and he'd been put in this position a couple years prior because the manufacturer was committed to change and committed to distribution and wanted the both to happen together in a way that strengthened the partnership. We had a great conversation. And at the end of the conversation, I asked him, I said, so what do you think? I mean, do you think distributors will make it? Do you care? And uh, he paused and he thought about it. And he hmm. said, you know, we're committed. Uh, I'm the example of that in my organization. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. I can't predict the future. I don't know what will happen. Um, and I'm a little ambivalent. And I said, explain that, please. He said, well, we have choices. We can go online and have our own relationships and sell directly. We can embrace disruption. Some distributors will survive, and we'll work with them. 
So my message for distributors is, because I find that, that perspective with manufacturers all over the place, and my, me- my message for distributors is that you need to be talking to your best partners because they may not be thinking about you the way you think about the direction you want the partnership to go. You have to lead. Very interesting. Very provocative. I'm glad I picked that statement. Let's go around the table. Thank you so much, Mark. Great opening for the roundtable. Go ahead, Guy Blissett at Deloitte. What do you think? Agree or disagree with Mark? Uh, I, 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 directionally, I would agree. Um, I, I, I think one of the things that's happening with, with digital um, that is sitting behind Mark's statement there about manufacturer-distributor partnership in peril is to, to me, and I think most, most distributors and many manufacturers would agree with this, the source of value creation is shifting. And I think Paul was talking about this notion of hiding. I think this mm-hmm. distribution as an industry has made money for much of its history by hiding, um, hiding as an industry and hiding information um, about transactions. So, for example, price transparency. Price transparency... And inventory availability, the two that I, I like to think about, um, it used to be you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, it was sort of the pre-digital age that getting a price on a product, knowing the cost of a product, and knowing the availability of a product w- was difficult. And digital tools are shining a light on, on both of those and making it much easier for me as a prospective customer to, to find out a price, to shop different prices, and to understand availability and delivery windows for products. And that, that challenges the traditional distributor value proposition. And at the same time, digital is creating a wealth of other information up and down the value chain. Um, I was talking to the Bearing Specialist Association last week, and Industry 4.0 and IoT um, are very, very hot topics for them, have been for a number of years. And it's all, it, really, at the end of the day, it's about the information that's being created about an industrial bearing in its application. And mm-hmm. is, is it being exposed to excessive heat or vibration or moisture? Is it nearing the end of its life? All of that information can be used by either the manufacturer or the distributor to deliver a service to the end customer. And there's going to be a, there, there's an emerging war over who owns that information, mm-hmm. and I think that sits very much behind what Mark is talking about with this manufacturer-distributor partnership in, in peril. The distributor may exist; the traditional distributor may exist. It may still handle the physical movement of a product, but the value creation is going to shift to the information and the insights um, about how that product how that product is used, the end market conditions. Uh, and pricing. Um, so I think those two factors together would reinforce this notion of the partnership potentially being in peril, but creating a little bit of an opportunity for forward-thinking distributors to to get that information, to own it, and to use it to their advantage. Thank you, Guy. Good insights. Paul Pretko at SAP. Love to get your thoughts. We've had a little bit of a challenge here so far. Where do you sit on this one? I think the partnership between the supplier, the customer, and in between the distributor is critical and indispensable. And I think I'll just give you a use case. So, you know, I, I was with a food service distributor. And imagine this, right? You're a driver. You've got a truckload of 
food, built on pallets. You're going to make 15 stops during your route. And at each stop, you're going to sort and segregate products. You're going to take it down on a lift. You're going to put it on a two-wheeler. You're going to roll that product through a threshold, Mm -hmm. maybe put it away in a cooler and a freezer, right? And that that whole distribution experience, the the last mile of distribution, I don't believe can be replaced by someone like an Amazon. But Mm. during that whole operational, um, those operational steps, there's information from the beginning to the end, right? The driver himself has, you know, now a mandate for electronic, an electronic logging device on the tractor when he started, when he got there, how many stops, how long was he there? And then through the Food Modernization Act mandate, uh, you know, now through the cold chain, the cooler for dry goods and and uh, cooled items and the freezer, the temperatures have to be tracked. It's a mandate. It's not a nice to have. And then at the location where they're delivering, right, there's a, a digital information exchange of confirmation of the product that was ordered was delivered and that the dates of the product are within um, the thresholds, right? So all along this operational situation that can't be replaced, all the information that years ago was done with pad and paper and phone calls is Mm -hmm. now digitized. And it's not something of the future. It's something that's actually here today. That's right. It is here today. That's right. Change is a coming. Thank you very much, gentlemen. I'm not going to go back to you, Mark. I think we've had a good discussion on this one. I want to pick up something else here from, I'm looking at Guy's notes, and Guy, here's something interesting. Innovation is becoming a new imperative for distributors. I think we've touched on that a little, but here you say, yet most distributors lack the capabilities, the funding models, the leadership, and or the organizational constructs to support this. How bad is it out there, Guy? Uh, um, let's say that, that there's a lot of opportunity. Um, okay. I, I, you know, that, that most, I think, I think it's safe to say that most distributors struggle with this concept of innovation. Many, many distributors that you talk to, you could you could interview ten senior executives in a wholesale distribution company and nine out of ten will not even use that word innovation um, mm. you might get some some notion of transformation um, and efficiency but the, 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 this notion of being innovative I think is something that many distributors struggle with uh, part of it is that as a distributor you traditionally didn't make any anything any physical product and I think most people their DNA, when we think about innovation, we're thinking about new products. And I think that's one of the, th- the interesting things Mark is doing in his work is, is bringing innovation to not just products, but the channel. And you could extend that over to the services um, that the companies, distributors in particular, offer. Um, Mark also, I think, touched on the fact that distribution is a low-margin industry. That makes it difficult to fund Innovation, innovation by its nature is is uh, messy. Requires a portfolio approach. 
You're going to have some successes, some failures. It requires long-term thinking, um, and it requires an ability to take risks and to insulate people from taking risks. And in a in a business that is low margin, high volume, and each order is critical, and the, the number of orders is 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 massive. You know, taking risks um, can be a difficult thing. Um, and and then the other thing that you you deal with as a distributor is you've got all this infrastructure and legacy thinking and tremendous amount of efficiency put in place to buy, store, ship, and service customers. How do you break the paradigm there and get those people who focus exclusively on on those efficiencies and get them to think about innovation? And the same thing goes with many of their customers. So it, it's, a, it's a huge challenge and a huge opportunity. I think we see a few, a handful of leading distributors who have created, call it an innovation hub, an incubator, um, a venture capital model to, to help drive innovation. Typically, that's done outside the mothership. Um, so there are bright spots out there. there. There's opportunities for distributors to leverage this. But you really do have to prioritize it and fund it and put some separate leadership in place if it's going to be successful. Wow, that was very interesting. Very, I didn't expect you to say all of that. Paul Pretko, agree or disagree with Guy's observation? Very powerful. Yes, I think that the term innovation is not often used, right? Uh, typically, distributors are focused on the, you know, inside the four walls of their distribution center, focused mm-hmm. on uh, operational excellence, and now they're almost being pushed to evolve into a world of uh, innovation. I mean, an example of that, and, and it was mentioned earlier, it's probably overused, but this idea of the Amazon effect accelerating, not just Amazon, but other web catalog companies trying to pick off the high-volume, high-margin categories of a distributor. And now this term innovation is popping up because they're forced to go to a very um, comprehensive but contemporary B2B model in some instances. And it's not just one website, right? Distributors are trying to innovate and say, you know what, we need a website for our existing accounts so they can efficiently place orders rapidly, make us easy to do business with. Sometimes that's all they think innovation is. And on the other hand, maybe we need another customer experience to try to onboard new customers. So Mm -hmm. instead of intuitively going to Amazon to try to get a belt or a hose or a filter, that they would gravitate immediately to their distributor's website to readily and easily search for those products, buy the products, add it to a new order. So it's marketing effectiveness for innovation towards onboarding new customers as well as having a great customer experience for existing accounts. Thank you very much. Let's walk around the table or slide around the table. Mark Dancer, I know you're waiting to join this fray. Talk to us. What do you think? Risk, outside uh, leadership, you know, I, innovation? What do you think? 
I love this conversation, and I agree Good. with Guy's comments about uh, distributors not liking that term. In fact, I had one distributor kind of hang up on me when I said I wanted to talk about innovation. I'm, I'm a, a fellow for the NAW Institute for Distribution Excellence, which is a great job, um, great responsibility. As part of that, I get to talk to distributors almost every day, leaders of distributors. And when I find a particularly interesting insight, I write it up on the wall in big letters so that I look at it and think about it every day. And the one that is kind of front and center and, and uh, in front of my desk right now is a distributor leader who essentially said, we're talking about innovation, and he said, uh, I can't predict the future, but I can be ready when it arrives. And I said, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, the number one measure that I wanted to be judged on is building the capabilities of my organization. So everything that Guy and Paul said about the things that distributors need to do go to having different skills and different knowledge and different processes. And if you expand the definition of, uh, of building capabilities, what capabilities are, it goes to culture. And I find more and more distributors that are thinking, you know, I need to build that in my organization, and I'm actually looking for help on how to get those new knowledge and new skills inside of my business and that will lead to innovation, and, you know, it'll help me not only just defend my business, but if a new opportunity comes up that I haven't thought about it, and if I know things about, you know, state-of-the-art inventory management, delivery, and if I can do things on the front end of my business with digital marketing, things on my website, e-enabled sales, mobility, all those tools, if my people understand those technologies and we've built processes around them, then I can capitalize on change. And I think that's how uh, distributor leaders might want to think about some of what's going on. Thank you very much. It is a good conversation, and I appreciate all three of you. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm all choked up here. Jumping in. Paul Pretko, we have, oh, my goodness, we're in the predictions round of the show. But, Paul, I'm going to lead with you with predictions first, but there's something in your notes I don't think we've covered. I'm going to give you a minute to just give me some commentary. You say there is a growing talent gap. Changing demographics are challenging an industry dominated by older employees, OMG, struggling to change work and build bench strength. Why don't you do your prediction around the growing talent gap in the wholesale distribution industry? How do you like that, Paul? Are you good with that? I'm good. I'm good. Good. You know, Go I ahead. Then I'm going to give you 90 market. seconds. 90 seconds. All yours. Yeah, Go I ahead. I think Mark and Mark and, and um and Guy would agree with me that we, when we are traveling around speaking to distributors, we go into the conference room, it is an aging audience that, we have, that we're faced. Very, very few times do we have millennials in attendance, right? Hmm. The average age of an employee at a wholesale distribution account is 43 years old, with over a third of them being 56 or older. So they struggle to attract and retain a younger workforce to keep the business going for future generations. And I think one of the things they need to do, and you mentioned it when you opened, is Mm -hmm. to have processes that are simple so that they are thinking and contributing and not doing redundant tasks and to feel as though they like what they do, right? I think sometimes in in this younger workforce, they want to feel as though... Their experience at work trumps what they're getting paid. 
And I think one of the one of the many ways to do that is to use newer, current technology that they believe makes their job easier. Yes. Uh, so they can be thoughtful mm-hmm. as opposed to redundant. Thank you. Very interesting. I'm glad we had a chance to bring that other human side of everything in along with excitement and imagination and wonder. And now I can give 40 seconds. Literally, guys, we're just about out of time. 40 seconds for predictions. Mark Dancer, you get the next 40 seconds. What do you predict will change about wholesale distribution between now and 2025? Go ahead. Excellent. I have a clock on my computer, so we'll see how we do. My (laughs) prediction is a a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? So, I'm attending an innovation conference, and there are people there that do work in all kinds of industries, healthcare, museums, education, manufacturers, service providers. They have two things in common. Every single one of them is thinking about how their business needs to change in the digital age. That's one thing they have in common. Very robust discussion. The second thing is that they all their businesses all buy something from a distributor. So my prediction is that three years from now, the Wall Street Journal, Forbes, uh, any serious uh, business publication, when they write about how businesses changed and how they got there, they're going to write about the help that distributors gave to their customers to become modern businesses in the digital age. Thank you very much. We kept it to 40 seconds, and I have exactly 40 seconds left, barely, for, let's see, Guy, you're up. Talk fast. Predict. Very good, very good. So my, my, my prediction, uh, I think we're going to see a real bifurcation in the wholesale distribution industry. I think we're going to see we're at an inflection point. And as with any inflection point, there will be winners and there will be losers. Um, focusing on the winners, I think it, it will be those distributors and distributor executives who are willing to break some glass and challenge orthodoxies in their business both uh, orthodoxies internally held as well as uh, by, by their value chain partners, and also those distributors that are willing to embrace ecosystems. I, I think too many distributors cling to the notion that we have to do it all, own it all, be, be everything to all of our customers. And I think in today's business environment, especially with digital tools available to them, there's an ability to partner with and leverage the skills and capabilities of other companies to deliver the value that customers um, are looking for. So the Instacart, I think, is a perfect example of that. And I think that 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 will be one of the dimensions that separates the winners from the losers will be those distributors that embrace innovation and the use of ecosystems. Thank you, Guy. You took us right up to the end here. I want to thank my three wonderful panelists. You made this such a human conversation. I didn't expect it, and I'm delighted. Mark Dancer, Guy Blissett, and Paul Pretko. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you. I learned a lot, and I know our listeners did as well. Shout out to Michelle Schuf at SAP for assembling such an interesting panel today, and Aaron, our engineer extraordinaire at the Business Channel team. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Mark Dancer, just like Guy Blissett, and just like Paul Pretko. Talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game in Consumer Industries, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.